1: This is Cruise Radio. Now more than ever, you should consider Trip Insurance for any kind of trip you take, not just cruises. Get a free quote at TripInsurance.com.
0: Broadcasting from the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida, this is Cruise Radio.
1: Hey, how's it going? My name is Doug Parker. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of Cruise Radio. We'll get a review of Royal Caribbean's Enchantment of the Seas this week. This was a nine-night cruise that went down to Bermuda and the Bahamas, Uh, Also that perfect day at Coco K in there as well to get caught up on this week's news, Cruise Radio News, just opposite of this channel or on the Cruise Radio YouTube channel. All right, Kurt and his wife just returned from that nine-night cruise on Enchantment of the Seas. He joins us on the line. Hey, Kurt. Hi. Good to talk to you and excited to hear about Enchantment of the Seas. It's been a little while since we've uh, heard from this ship. So before we get to the ship itself, we'll take a step back here. And what made you want to sail this nine-night itinerary that included both Bermuda and Baha
0: That's it, really. It's the itinerary. The Bermuda and uh, hitting Coco Cay were definitely uh, the driving forces for it. And on top of that was price. It was really reasonably priced. It was kind of last minute for us. And we're reasonably close to Baltimore, probably two hours away. So no pre-stay hotel was required. So it it was a reasonable trip all the way around.
1: Very good. So you make your way to the port of Baltimore to embark Enchantment. How was the embarkation process, and how long did it take you from curb to the ship?
0: We were actually scheduled for a really early embarkation, uh, 10 a.m. So we were there at quarter two. We were in the terminal at a little after 10, and we boarded uh, at 10.30. So not too bad.
1: Wow, yeah, they cleared that ship pretty early then. Do they have it pretty streamlined now as far as showing your documents and keeping everyone moving? Because I know during the startup, like last fall, at least with Carnival sailing out of there, things were a little sluggish. Was it pretty efficient now and just kind of kept moving?
0: I think so. The only thing that I noticed, and we didn't have any issue with it, were some people had problems with the documents that are required by Bermuda. Mm-hmm. Um, they have some special uh, uh, COVID uh, vaccination verification that we need to pay some extra money for. You need to have all that stuff sorted out. When we were checking in, someone at the, before we even got to check in, like just going through security, they told us they had an office in the back they called Bermuda. There were like four representatives from the country there trying to make sure that whoever didn't have their paperwork set up correctly could get it processed quickly and on the ship. But it needed to be done before we got on the ship.
1: Yeah. That's funny. It's the, uh, they have that health visa for $40, I yep. think. Yeah.
0: Yep. That's it. $40. Yeah. So you make your
1: way on board Enchantment of the Seas. What were your first impressions of the ship? Because this ship is, uh, it's on the older side and it was actually a ship that was stretched years ago, like by a hundred and something feet. So what do you think of the ship?
0: It's not our first time on it, but it was a long time ago. It was probably 10 years ago we were on the ship mm. and it, it's uh i'm gonna call it a classic look <laughs> it doesn't have a real modern look it's got some of the decor is probably a little dated but it's comfortable it was pleasant it doesn't look tremendously worn out or anything instead of some of the um decking that you know is is synthetic it's got real wood decking and some of it shows that you know it could use some refurbishment, but um, it's uh, it, it's in pretty good shape generally.
1: I didn't realize it was twenty eight years old. I thought it was a little younger than that. Wow! Yeah, so it's got definitely got some character. It while. sounds like, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, so you make your way to your stateroom. What kind of stateroom did you have for this nine night voyage, and what did you think of it? We had
0: an ocean view. It's pretty small, functional, but uh, pretty small. The prior ship we were on was Anthem, so it's kind of heads and tails away from that. You know, that's a mm-hmm. much more modern ship. The staterooms are a lot bigger. This one was just enough yeah. <laughs> and, not, and not anymore. <laughs> um, the shower had a had a curtain rather than a door, which is not a favored thing for us. And because we were in one of the lower, smaller staterooms, there was no refrigerator. So that's kind of an inconvenience. We like to throw a few things in there.
1: For sure. Do they have USB chargers in there?
0: You know, that's something that I don't notice because I just generally, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of old. Yeah. I just generally bring a hub, so mm-hmm. I've got it all. Gotcha. I don't worry about it too much.
1: What deck were you on? We
0: were on three.
1: Deck three. Now, yeah. comparable to like the rest of the ship, um, because this ship doesn't have like the promenade going down the middle or anything like the later vessels, right?
0: No, it's got the centrum, right? Okay. so it's got the more open area right in the middle. Mm -hmm. So it goes up quite a ways.
1: Yeah, um, gotcha. Well, let's talk about dining um, on this nine-night cruise, and we'll start at the top at the Windjammer. Uh, How was your experience in there, and how are Royal Caribbean, how are they handling the buffet area? I know some cruise lines are still or are permanently serving the guests, while others have reverted back to how things used to be.
0: uh, It's self-serve. I think it's pretty good. I didn't hit it a lot. We did some lunches, but generally I would go in there, grab a few items, come back to the pool chairs, and we would just, you know, just kind of snack, mm-hmm. both for breakfast and lunch, actually. We didn't do very heavy meals midday,
1: gotcha. so
0: it was good. A little crowded sometimes. The ship wasn't really tremendously crowded, but it's not laid out as well as some of the other ships, so, you know, it's not uh, not as conducive to traffic, Mm -hmm. I guess you could say.
1: And how about the main dining room? Uh, What time dining did you have and how was your experience in there?
0: We had uh, early dining and our experience there was fantastic. I think I had the best servers I've ever had on any ship. Both uh, the waiter and assistant waiter were really experienced. And the uh, head waiter was the hardest working guy I'd ever seen as a head waiter. Normally they're just kind of sitting back and barking out orders, but this guy was clearing tables and uh, just making everything smooth. Uh, they were fantastic.
1: What was your favorite meal there you had?
0: Oh boy. Well, I always lick lobster, yeah, but uh, they had some sort of, uh, you know, like a short rib kind of thing. That's mm-hmm. pretty good. Nice. Uh, it, uh, the food was generally pretty good. In fact, my wife thought it was better than on the Anthem.
1: Any staff shortages or was service a little slow on board?
0: Didn't feel like it. I, I we felt like we had enough bar service and wait staff and it, it sure didn't feel like it at all. I never got that impression.
1: And how about specialty restaurants?
0: We did lunch on the very first day at Chops and that was really just to avoid the big rush on the Windjammer. We've been doing that the past few times we've gone and that is a really relaxing thing to do is just grab a lunch at a specialty restaurant and then wait for the rooms to open up and just take your time with it.
1: Is that something you can do, like kind of just walk up or do you have to reserve that before you cruise?
0: I reserved ahead of time. Mm -hmm. And, um, what I've noticed when I've tried to book that ahead of time, in some cases it looks filled up, but then generally I I don't know what they do, but they, it seems like they kind of hold some back because then they're, almost always the reservation will pop up later. Mm-hmm. It's almost not, not available generally when I look the first time, yeah. but I'll go in later and, you know, something will pop up. So yeah, we did book ahead of time for sure.
1: Is there a Sorrento's pizzeria on this class of ship?
0: It has, um, what did they call it? I think they call it Park Cafe. So mm-hmm. they have a pizza place. It's open generally, you know, I, I don't know when it closes, but it's open quite frequently. Yeah. There were sandwiches. There was a small salad bar, during lunch, it was essentially like the Café Promenade and Sorrento's kind of thing, but it was in the um, solarium area. Mm-hmm. So all of that was available, but it wasn't laid out the same way. It exactly. didn't have like, its unique stand like on other ships.
1: Right. How was the entertainment on this nine-night cruise? little
0: hit and miss. The thing I was kind of surprised about is they've got this whole production dance team. There was one show that I was aware of. Just uh, Don't Stop the Rock was the only one that I remember. One night, didn't have a headline or a show. It had movies. But uh, generally, the the people were pretty good. Um, Comedians and jugglers. And there was a tenor group. And um, someone that was a Lionel Richie impersonator. Mm -hmm. So... You know, I mean, not full impersonator, but uh, he sang like Lionel Richie. Right. Um, it, it was good. I, I was pretty satisfied with it. The one thing that I did miss that I've seen on other ships is the show people will do some sort of special end of the cruise thing where they just sing whatever they feel like singing. They'll they'll just do a impromptu kind of concert. Mm-hmm. And those are really good. I mean, they just pick their own songs and yeah. somebody's on the piano. I really enjoy those. They didn't have that this time, and I was a little disappointed.
1: Do they use the the atrium, the centrum, for any kind of entertainment?
0: Oh, yeah. They always had a, a band there. They use that quite frequently for a variety of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, they'll have uh, some sort of a – I'm not really into karaoke, but they – Well, they did stuff like that in the back of the ship. They did something like fill in the line, you Mm -hmm. know, sing the next line kind of thing. I would just catch bits and pieces of that, so I didn't really pay that much attention to it. But they did really have a a good – I mean, there's a house band, but then they also have like a rock band that performs, and that was excellent. There was a Latin band. They were really good. I really enjoyed the um, schooner bar entertainer. I thought he was he was funny and uh, he didn't get a lot of traction for some reason. But um, I, I really enjoyed him. I thought he was one of the better ones I've seen.
1: Schooner Bar is that the piano bar?
0: It is. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah, it's the nautical themed bar. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's not dueling pianos kind of thing, but it's just sing along type place.
1: Does this ship have what is it called? The Viking Crown Lounge? It's like at the very top with a three hundred and sixty degree view. I'm trying to think, like, I've been on the super old Royal Caribbean ships, like Sovereign and Monarch and Majesty that had it. Does Enchantment have that as well?
0: Yeah, even, um, like, the Voyager class has those still. So, yeah, it it has that. And we spent a little bit of time up there, particularly, like, when we were coming into ports, you could see pretty well from up there. Mm -hmm. It was a little drizzly one time when we came into port, so we sat up there and watched it. Um, that's where the, I, we just recently became diamond. This was our first trip like that. Okay. And the diamond lounge is up there and it's, you know, it sounds swanky, but it, you know, it's no big deal really, but <laughs> it's just a little place to hang out. It's, it's on another level of that, uh, Viking uh, crown lounge. I don't remember seeing bartenders in there, mm-hmm. but I didn't go to see what sort of dance thing they had going on up there either. So.
1: Did you find out how many people were on board for your sailing?
0: I kept asking. I got different answers for a while. (laughs) As always. Um, But I think the ship holds 2,200 roughly, but we had 1,600.
1: Okay. That's not bad at all then.
0: Yeah. And I heard that uh, the week before when there were kids out of school, there were were a lot more people Mm -hmm. on board. We were on a fortunate sailing. Yeah.
1: Those (laughs) longer ones always seem to be a little more fortunate too. Yeah, yeah, the shorter ones. Um, so how were the sea days as far as crowds and congestion? Oh, not bad.
0: Uh, there was no, you know, no fights over deck chairs or anything. <laughs> we had pretty much our pick of wherever we wanted to be. The one time that there might have been a problem was when we had some rain and everybody jumped into the solarium. And there were a lot of people that were picking it over the next morning <laughs> um, as well. But actually, the day turned out better, so they reserved way early for no good reason.
1: Right. <laughs> the, uh, how about as far as the smoke situation in and around the casino?
0: I mean, there are areas. You can kind of be in some areas of the casino. It's not that bad. So it's not like wafting all over the place. I didn't find it that objectionable. And I notice it more now that I'm not around as many smokers. So I, I didn't think it was that bad.
1: All right, well, let's talk about the ports of call here. You did Bermuda, then you headed south to the Bahamas. So we'll start at Bermuda, where you did a, what do they call it, a two day stop or an overnight?
0: It's an overnight. So we got in at 1 p.m., and we left at 1 p.m. the following day. Gotcha. And the first day, my wife and I took a bus into um, Hamilton Mm -hmm. from the port area, and um, we just took the public bus. And it, it, the people from Bermuda are really nice. There was a guy that was, you know, answering and not just not a tourist, just somebody that lived there and people would ask him questions. And he was just pointing out historical landmarks and mm-hmm. answering questions. And so it was kind of like a tour. <laughs> it was mm-hmm. kind of interesting anyway. And we went in uh, we Hamilton. We had a lunch and came back on the ferry. But as we were waiting for the ferry, it started to pour. Uh-huh. And uh, everyone got soaked. The, the poor people that came off of the shuttle. There happened to be some sort of a, a bike run kind of event that went from end to end of Bermuda. And people were coming off the ferry back into the Hamilton area. And they were just getting drenched because they were trying to manage all the stuff they had at the same time, and they just kept coming off of this ferry. It was packed.
1: You mentioned Um, that um, you brought your bike on board. Did you ride it at all in Bermuda?
0: I did, yeah. The following day, I mean, that day didn't work out for any of that, but uh, the following day, I got up really early. Since we had a 1 o'clock departure, I didn't want to jeopardize that too much, but Mm -hmm. I got up really early, about as soon as I could get off the ship, and took off, and there's a Bermuda Rail Trail that um, doesn't start exactly where we were, but it's not too far away where it starts to pick up. Mm -hmm. And I took that to, there's a lighthouse, um, Giles or Biles or something. Mm -hmm. Anyway, I took it about there. It's not an easy trail to follow. Some of it is great and other parts of it are kind of chopped up and then they'll cross the road and it's not really clear where they start and stop. So I printed out a map trying to follow it. It was, it was challenging, but it was a lot of fun. I enjoyed doing it because I saw things that I wouldn't have seen on the bus so that was good.
1: I'm curious. Well, you're taking a bike on board the ship. Like, did you have to get any kind of like pre-approval for that? Or did you like literally just roll the bike up the embarkation area and take it to your room? How does that work?
0: Well, their guidance is not written very clearly. So I always try to make a, a contact with someone and say, hey, this is what I want to do. Um, I want to you know, I want some sort of letter that I can show people that you know mm-hmm. allows me to do it. And so that's what I generally take with me. It's almost like a double negative of the way they stated. So I always try to get that pre-approval.
1: Gotcha. And then you just like walk it, roll it to the ship and keep it in your room?
0: Well, I have a folding bike. Okay. So it actually fit under the bed. Oh, cool. And so I have a fairly good sized case though. And Mm -hmm. I just rolled that along to bring it onto the ship. It's pretty small itself. The case makes it look kind of massive, but it's not really that big. But nice. um I could take it without the case, but it's just a little easier to transport around like that. It does have wheels when it's folded up, but
1: is it a street bike or like an off-road?
0: Um it's a street bike. Yeah. I mean some of the stuff that I was riding was kind of off-road. I almost lost it in the sand once, mm-hmm. but um <laughs> yeah. it's pretty much a street bike.
1: Gotcha. Then after Bermuda, you headed south down to the Bahamas area. How was your day at perfect? Or what is it called? Perfect day Perfect at Coco Cay. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. It's awesome. That's the best place. I mean, I've, I've been to Labadee and I never went to Coco Cay when it was undeveloped, you know, not, mm. not as developed as it is now. Uh, my first time was after they added all this stuff. But it is so cool. I mean, I've been to to disney island and when i went i don't know if it's different now but you know it was burgers and hot dogs mm-hmm. you know and and the beach and it, it was cool it was relaxing and neat and so is Labadee it's the same kind of thing but the food options they have there are incredible the huge pool the swim up bar we just enjoy the heck out of it it's so much fun
1: yeah, we did something, Matt over at Royal Caribbean Blog, he was telling us about like a chicken Parmesan sandwich we had to do when we went there, like, a, yeah. you have to ask for it though, or whatever, and it was so good, we, we did it back in November, that was my first time at Perfect Day, and yeah, the last time I was there was back in, uh oh gosh, like, 6 I think on monarch of the Seas at a port Canaveral so it was mm-hmm. like a 180 degree difference from it wasn't even recognizable from what I've
0: you know, yeah right it's, it's crazy. No dock right right I yeah mean, now, now it's a dock and trams you know if you need the help and you know it's 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 pretty cool yeah I mean back
1: then you would have to skip it every other sailing in the winter time because the seas were so rough where the anchorage was right there so I'm glad they finally built that dock there but yeah it sounds like a great day did you get to walk like all the way around or Take the tram all the way around to that. Uh, uh, what is it called? The Miami Beach or whatever it is on the very far um, side by the balloon this
0: beach. I think. Yeah. Um, well, we could see the balloon. We mainly mm-hmm. mainly hung out by the pool. Gotcha. We did kind of a loop. We came in one way, came out another way, but um, we didn't like try to, f- to explore every area of it. We kind of know where we like. Mm-hmm. We've been there a couple of times, and yeah. um, that's where we're at.
1: <laughs> not, not here yet. Yeah. And then after a perfect day, you went over to Nassau. How was your day there?
0: It was good. A lot of people don't get off the ship. My wife chose not to get off the ship. And I took my bicycle out and I took it down to um, uh, Margaritaville, okay. the new hotel that's mm-hmm. there. Just walked a, or a, went to an outside bar, sat there, had a drink, looked out over the water. NASA's got a bad reputation, but it really is beautiful water. I mean, if you can find a nice little spot to sit and look out over the water, it's 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 pleasant.
1: Yeah, that um that Junkanoo Beach area right next to Margaritaville there. I guess just um I don't know if it's northeast, south, or west of it, but you know where all the the beach is with all the little vendors and everything over there. I've spent a lot of time there over the past year because uh, from Florida when the cruise industry restarted, everyone was going to Nassau, so I spent uh, probably more time than I wanted to there, but it was still. Really cool. and I went to the Margaritaville place and I didn't realize it had day passes for cruisers to, you know, check out their water park and the slides and stuff out there and a little cheaper beach pass. if They wanted to do that. And then um, just like no one messed with me either. I was thinking I was going to be like not attacked, but um, everyone's doing the hard sell. You want to buy a shell necklace or a T-shirt or but it was really, really chill. It was like nothing that I was used to. I don't know if everyone's just kind of embracing tourism right now because I don't want to scare people off or what.
0: I went from the Margaritaville up to the Fish Fry area, and I'd never been up there mm-hmm. and didn't look like much uh, distance that I could go past there very safely. So I yeah. just kind of turned around and I started to get a little bit of uh, interest in myself at that point. So mm. I, was, I was more comfortable
1: yeah back yeah i know i hear you. you you can only go so far in every town i guess before uh, you're on the other side of the tracks right
0: <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know much about that area i know it's not really highly regarded and it yeah. looked a little rundown
1: but yeah yeah for sure so you make your way back to the ship you leave nassau and you head back up to the baltimore area time for a debark how was the disembarkation process it's
0: super easy. I, I mean, I don't know if you, you well, you, I think you've said you've sailed out of Baltimore, but just Baltimore, once, yeah. you just walk off the ship, mm-hmm. grab your bags, and you're right in the parking lot. It's super easy. It is very convenient to go in and out of Baltimore,
1: I think. I thought I remembered when I sailed out of Baltimore, this was years ago, but we had to take a tram. To the cruise ship was that Baltimore or was that?
0: I don't know if they've got some sort of overflow lot or not. Maybe honestly, we parked right outside of the exit doors. Okay, I mean we were just like right there. Yeah, I mean I got there early too, but I mean nobody was really very far away. Yeah, I hear you. It's it's super easy to get in and out of.
1: How was the uh, like the customs in Baltimore? Are they doing facial recognition or a customs agent there?
0: No, we never talked to anyone. Yeah, it was just facial
1: recognition. Okay, very good. Do you have any first-time tips to offer for anyone sailing to Bermuda or on Enchantment of the Seas? I know we were chatting before we jumped on the air here, and you were talking about uh, you didn't really quite pay attention to that time in Bermuda.
0: Yeah, that's <laughs> that's a good point. That is something to uh, look out for. If you think you're going to have two full days, you might not, because I thought I had two full days. I just <laughs> hadn't experienced getting into a port, you know, at afternoon. Um, so it was a surprise to me. Yeah. Or leaving that early, frankly. So yeah, I I had much less time there than I thought. But mm-hmm. we made the mess of it.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um
0: tips. I mentioned, you know, eating at a specialty on the first day, super relaxing. It's cheaper. You know, I mean you can I think our meal was in the twenty to twenty five dollar range and you know, for a dinner it's double that. Mm-hmm. So it's very reasonable to do that and very relaxing it, it's really seems worth it in that scenario
1: yeah very cool looking back what was the biggest highlight of this cruise for y'all
0: i like taking my bike I, I really enjoyed you know being able to see things that i hadn't seen before and i enjoyed it a lot I, our staff was really good so everybody the cabin attendant the waiters I like Indian food. I don't know if other ships are like this or other cruise lines, but Royal, if you tell them you like Indian food, they'll bring it to you. And I told them I like specifically butter chicken. I got butter chicken every night nice. on top of whatever else I ordered. And nice. at some point I said, enough. <laughs> I <haven't laughs> enough. butter chicken. I love it, but you guys are killing <laughs> me with it. Right. <laughs> so they were really good. Bartenders and Baristas, everybody learns your name so quickly. It's just amazing how good a job they do. It really is fantastic.
1: Very cool. Well, in closing, here your final thoughts of Enchantment of the Seas.
0: Uh, It's a good ship. We had some problems with uh, a sewage smell that happened um, and lasted for quite a while. It didn't affect us very greatly, but it did affect some other people. And I would mention that uh, it's an older ship, and it sounds like maybe this wasn't the first time it happened. Like I said, we tried to make the best of it and not worry about it too much. We never smelled it in our room, but uh, that's something to be considered when you're going on an older ship, is they can have some mechanical problems that bigger, newer ships don't. Although Mm. some newer ships I've heard have similar problems, so... yeah.
1: Five in Alaska this year. Propulsion issues. <laughs> it's like
0: yeah, exactly. crazy. exactly. Like um, an iceberg. Right? Yeah,
1: yeah, right? <laughs> uh, you were telling me you were recently on Anthem, and now you were on Enchantment. Do you prefer the larger or smaller Royal ships?
0: They each have their own benefits. The larger ships have so much more stuff to do. Yeah. You know, I mean, I've done the iFly, and I like the bumper cars, and I like the— I forget what it's called, this the skyhook thing, but you know, the observation pod. Mm-hmm. But the the smaller ships, they really try hard. I mean, they know that they're they've they've got to do something to be competitive. So there there's a lot of effort that goes into it. Not that the other ones don't, but you get a sense that they're aiming high, trying to trying to impress you. The promenade deck around the outside, the newer ships do not have as much you know, waterline level, uh, observation area, Mm -hmm. you know, it's all filled up with lifeboats. So I, I really like that part of it a lot. It's feels like an older classic kind of experience. So they both have their benefits in some ways.
1: Yeah. I guess now that you say that I'm thinking the same thing because like my favorite ship with Norwegian is Norwegian Star and that's an older ship and it's a lot smaller too. It's like I don't know, maybe two thousand guests or whatever. You know, compared mm-hmm. to Norwegian Encore or Joy or Ballist, that's four, five thousand people. But yeah, each one has their own you know, it's it's more homey and comfortable on the on the smaller ships, but you can definitely do a hell of a lot more on those bigger ships.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah I've got an Oasis cruise planned and you know, that's just got so many things to do.
1: Very cool. We've been talking with Kurt. just returned from that nine-night Bermuda cruise and Bahamas on Royal Caribbean's Enchantment of the Seas. Kurt, thank you so much for sharing your review, my friend. And if you want to share that Oasis review when you get back, drop me a line. Okay, we will do. A big question we get at Cruise Radio is, how do I know if I need trip insurance? How do they do it? They offer three different types of trip insurance policies. Good, better, and best. One policy for every vacation budget. But it doesn't just stop there. They're up to 40% lower when you shop around on other comparison sites. Plus, TripInsurance.com offers 24-hour customer support before, during, and after your trip online claims assistance, and travel alerts to let you know what's going on at your destination. But find out for yourself. Check out tripinsurance.com.
0: All right, Dougie, let's see what we got for you, buddy. Cruise Radio is produced at the tripinsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. Get cruise news, ship reviews, and money-saving tips every Thursday on Cruise Radio. If you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the show. If you want to help spread the word, Give Cruise Radio a five-star review. Find Cruise Radio where you listen to your favorite podcast or online at cruiseradio.net. I'm your announcer.